Welcome to Talking All Things Cardiopalm. I am your host, Dr. Rachel Barisi, physical therapist and board-certified cardiopulmonary clinical specialist. This podcast is designed to discuss heart and lung conditions, treatment interventions, research, current trends, expert opinions, and patient experiences. The goal is to learn, inspire, and bring Cardiopalm to the forefront of conversation. Thanks for joining me today, and let's get after it. Hello, hello, and welcome to Talking All Things Cardiopalm. I'm your host, Dr. Rachel Barisi, and today we're going to be talking about the PVC. And we're going to be talking about when is a PVC not just a PVC? And I think this is super important. So we're just going to break PVCs down a little bit, um, talk about it, talk about when it's benign and when it really is just a PVC and like, let's all calm down. But also when we need to maybe educate others and or at least understand the implications of our patients and know if we should proceed or back off or hold. Um, This is kind of a jump off my last episode when we're talking about pulse ox, because sometimes a pulse ox can show us that PVCs are existing and we can kind of pull that back in when we're talking about a specific case. But just kind of for some background information, a PVC is a premature ventricular contraction. And when you see this on an ECG, it is very identifiable. It is considered wide and bizarre. So for my students out there looking for trigger words on how to remember things, PVCs are wide and bizarre. They kind of like pop out out of your ECG. And essentially what that is showing you is that there is an ectopic focus or foci that causes this premature beat. So let's put that into regular language. You have an irritation point in your ventricle and that causes a beat to come more quickly. And it's originating at the ventricle. So PVCs occur pretty much in everyone. Like we all have PVCs. We've all probably felt a skipped beat. Um, Very common if you're super stressed, if you are drinking a lot of caffeine, lots of reasons why you might have more PVCs than normal, but pretty much all of us have had a PVC at some point or time. And if it's just one that happens every now and again, it really is benign, okay? I hear very frequently when I potentially bring um, attention to something in the hospital setting or wherever, For instance, if your patient is throwing more PVCs or having increased frequency of PVCs, sometimes you'll hear, oh, okay, yeah, like we're aware, or yeah, that's fine, or it's just a PVC. Like you'll hear those words quite a bit. And and sometimes it is. Like if you just have one randomly, it's just a PVC. We all have them. It's not a big deal. We'll be fine. But PVCs can become problematic. And so I want to help you understand when it's not just a PVC and when you should escalate your concern um, because it can become a problem, okay? So first of all, when when you have a PVC on telly, if you were to be palpating pulse simultaneously, when that PVC comes in, you're gonna feel a skipped beat or a pause. And then on that next beat, you tend to have a stronger beat come in. 
So essentially, you don't feel a pulse when you have a PVC. PVCs are irritation points, as I, I mentioned earlier. And so if you have just one um, irritation point, those PVCs are going to look the same. So literally, it's like taking a picture of the PVC. It's wide and bizarre, but it's wide and bizarre in the exact same way. It's identifiable, and it's, it's the same. If they're the same in shape and format and the same direction, they look the same from a morphology perspective. We call that a unifocal PVC, one irritation point. You might also have multifocal PVCs. And what multifocal means is that you have more than one irritation point. Okay. And so those PVCs are both wide and bizarre, but they look different. They might be in opposite directions. They might just have a different shape. Like identifiably, they're not the same. As you can imagine, if you have multifocal versus unifocal, that means that there's more irritation of the ventricle, a little more of a concern. But again, if you're only having one every now and again, not a big deal. We can say just a PVC. But when they start to increase in frequency, when they start to show up in pairs, we call it a couplet. If they start to come in a specific pattern, like every other beat, we call that bigeminy. If it comes every third beat, we call that trigeminy. In theory, if it came every fourth beat, you could call it quadgeminy, but you could. Bigeminy, trigeminy couplets are probably the three most common ways that you identify a PVC as they're increasing in frequency. When they are increasing in frequency in that sort of way, in a pattern, and it's consistent, it's sustained. So if we have bigeminy that's sustaining for a period of time, that means you're having a lot of PVCs in a minute. So the technicality is that we should hold PT or we should have concern for patient if there are more than six PVCs in a row. I'm sorry, more than six PVCs in one minute. That would be a concern. The reason is when you have a premature ventricular contraction, you don't feel a pulse, which means when you're having that PVC, you're not getting good cardiac output. So as we increase our frequency of PVCs, we're going to have decreased cardiac output. And as they occur in a pattern, in a rhythmic sort of way, then we should become concerned because cardiac output is likely going down. So it is important for you to assess blood pressure as well, because Cardiac output is stroke volume times heart rate. And we don't have a specific way that we can assess stroke volume in the clinical setting, but blood pressure gets pretty damn close. So if your blood pressure is tanking and your PVCs are increasing, that cardiac output is going down. So you care. It's not just a PVC. If your patient's in bigeminy and they're sustaining, that means you're getting a PVC every other beat. That means every other beat, you're not getting a pulse. Okay, so this actually brings me into something that I wanted to talk about that I wanted to dive further in from our last podcast. 
So I had a patient in the acute care setting who was in for heart, fail heart failure exacerbation. He was recently placed on oxygen. Um, when I came in the room, his oxygen, his nasal cannula was on his chest. Um, so the first thing I did was I put the pulse ox in, pulse ox on him. Wow, that was hard to say. And just assess because I wanted to see maybe he was only wearing it at night. Maybe he's had recovery, whatever. He was at 87%. So before I put the oxygen back on, I made him take a deep breath in because I wanted to see if it would change. But I also did it because the heart rate on the pulse ox was reading in the 30s. And as soon as he took a deep breath in, his oxygen went up to 88, 89, 89%. I looked at the signal. The signal was actually really good. So I put the oxygen back on him. And within seconds, he was at 92. So now I care about what's happening with that heart rate. I pull his telepack out of his pocket. And it's not pulling up. So I go outside real quick to check the monitor. The monitor says nothing. He needs batteries. So I go and get batteries. I come back to him. As I'm putting the batteries in, I'm palpating. I'm getting a heart rate of about 40. I think it was actually 42 to be exact. Pulse ox was reading anywhere between 27 and 45. It's fluctuating a bit. And I had already kind of let the nursing staff know that something was up. Um, I was getting batteries. I was coming back in, going to continue to assess him. He was fine, by the way. So like he was felt fine, didn't feel like he was having palpitations. He was very conversational excited to do PT also was an amputee, which kind of adds to the, you know, aerobic capacity of what we were going to do. Um, and once I got the telly to pop on, and also I noticed that he had an irregular rhythm on pulse within that two inch screen, I could see that he was in bigeminy. It was like bigeminy, trigeminy, bigeminy, trigeminy. So he's sustaining. He's throwing a lot of PVCs. When the charge nurse came in, she notices we're having the conversation. The telly is reading 72. The pulse ox is reading, let's say 35. The first thing that was said was, well, that's not right. So here's the thing. The pulse ox doesn't calculate the PVC. When you manually count heart rate, like if you have a telly strip and you're counting rate, you don't count the PVCs. The telly does. Okay. So the telly is telling you a heart rate of 72, which makes you feel more comfortable. Pulse ox is telling me 35. Palpating the pulse is telling me 40, which is probably telling me that at some point when he's in bigeminy, he's actually probably closer to 35. It's not just a PVC because what you have in that moment is a decrease in cardiac output. Okay. And if I was to ignore it and continue to see this patient who, by the way, is an amputee who is going to use a higher aerobic capacity to do a sit to stand to potentially ambulate with his prosthetic on to, he didn't have his prosthetic. So he'd have to hop long story that wasn't happening. That could be a problem. If I ignored that PVC and just had the mindset to say, 
it's just a PVC. Things can go sideways. Okay, so PVCs are important and you need to pay attention to them. And you need to understand that when there are two different shapes or more than one shape, it's multifocal. You have multiple irritation points at the ventricle. You need to understand when that PVC comes in, you're not getting cardiac output. You're getting a little bit, but not to the full extent of a normal beat. And when they're increasing in frequency, you're decreasing cardiac output. And you're also increasing ventricular irritation. Let's just say we don't want to piss off the ventricle, right? So we talked about multifocal PVCs. We talked about unifocal PVCs. We talked about couplets as pairs of PVCs. We talked about bigeminy being every other beat. We talked about trigeminy being every third beat. What I haven't mentioned yet is this. When you get three PVCs in a row, you can call that a triplet. But actually, that is a non-sustained ventricular tachycardia. Three PVCs in a row classifies VTAC. So definitely not just a PVC. Like, let's increase a little urgency about it. I don't want everyone waving their red flags and never treating a patient that has a PVC. I am not saying that. I am saying that you need to understand what it means. And when you're having an increased frequency, you should care and you should monitor your patient more closely. If the patient had known whatever, like he's been having PVCs for an extended period of time, like there are times when people get admitted and they're watching because they're either in sustained VTAC for X number of beats or minutes, like that's a thing. You might be a little bit more cavalier about what you're doing if it's known and it's been existing. But if it's new and this man is here for heart failure exacerbation and they're pushing him with diuretics, I'm going to like just bring awareness to this. So I ended up not seeing him. We we did some breathing and like we did other things because he was desatting and we did some coughing stuff, but I held off on mobilizing because in that moment in time, that wasn't the most important thing to do. Figuring out this change in rhythm was way more important. Three PVCs in a row is VTAC. It's non-sustained VTAC, which means you can flip back into your underlying rhythm. Like, let's not poo-poo VTAC. Like, <laughs> VTAC is VTAC. We care. We care when we hear VTAC, okay? So you should care when you see PVCs increasing in frequency. The other thing that can happen with PVCs, <clears throat> or another problem that can happen with PVCs, is if a PVC falls on a T wave, okay? If a PVC falls where a T wave is supposed to come in, you call it R on T phenomenon, that's a problem. So when the T wave is occurring, we have repolarization occurring at the heart. It is the most critical point that something could go wrong. We're a little more volatile in that moment. So if we get a PVC that falls on that T wave, that alone can trigger VTAC, okay? So again, another quick episode, but I really want to make sure that like, we don't get into the habit of saying just, okay? PVCs can be benign. We all get them. We're stressed. You feel a little skip beat. 
probably a PVC. You're going to be fine. Drink a lot of coffee, not a lot of water. You start to get a little, you know, fluttery in the chest. Probably through a PVC, maybe two. You're going to be okay. But if you're having a lot of that, that's probably a good reason for you to ask the docs to check in. Maybe you get a monitor and you find out you're throwing a ton of PVCs. Well, we care again. If your patient is throwing, is in bigeminy, you care. Please care because that patient is not getting good cardiac output. And then you have to ask, well, what's going to happen next? What is your role right now? And this gets me on my soapbox. So I'm going to try not to get too worked up. What is, what is your goal in this moment? What outweighs what? Is it just getting out of bed? Is it just getting to a chair? Because quite frankly, that is not going to trump good decision-making. And is it worth it? You have to have that clinical question of why am I doing the next thing? Or risk-benefit ratio. How about we get this under control and then we do that? In theory, when you're in that room, when you're treating that patient, we're exercising in some way, shape, or form. And when we're exercising, we're demanding the heart for more energy, for more metabolism, for more oxygen demand. What happens when your cardiac output's already going down at rest? Okay. So I just want you to start thinking about these things. You don't need to hold everyone because everything is always happening. And I'll, I'll be very honest with you. I had a second patient the next day that was showing the same thing. Pulse Ox was reading like 30 something. And I had already checked in on him, pulled his telly up before we even did anything. And he was in trigeminy that was like in and out of trigeminy. And so I just, you know, checked in with the nurse. I'm like, Hey, are you aware of this? Oh yeah. He, they know he's been in a funky rhythm overnight so it's not new. It's not new. It's not new, but I'm still a little cautious. And that patient, I ended up mobilizing. We got to about stand and his blood pressure started tanking and his cognition was a little mm, not quite the way it was in bed. And we stopped, we pulled back, right? So at that moment, I was playing the risk benefit ratio. It's not new. They're aware we're going to keep an eye on it, but I did not ignore it. I actually very much was paying attention to his response. And same thing, the pulse ox showed me. I was like, no freaking wait, like two days in a row. I don't think I've ever had two days in a row where the pulse ox showing me that the person's in trigeminy. So pay attention to the things that you're using and don't just ignore them. And don't just say just pay attention. Think about the consequence. Think about the outcome. Think about your role. Think about risk-benefit ratio, okay? PVCs might be benign. PVCs coming in increased frequency is VTAC. So where that line shifts from it's just a PVC to I really care, you have to pay attention. And this is just another plug that if you are working with patients who are on telly, check, check their telly. And if it's changing during your session, a change in a rhythm is cue for you to back off, okay? So pay attention to those rhythms, pay attention to those tellies. 
check in with your team, okay? And then assess your other vitals. If your blood pressure is tanking and your heart rate is increasing, cardiac output is going down. Your patient will become symptomatic. So don't push him to the point where you end up in a syncopal episode. Use your skills, your knowledge to assess and make good decisions so you can push to the point of, nope, going to pull back without having, you know, multiple events during your sessions or post-session equally, equally as important. So PVCs, premature ventricular contractions are irritation of the ventricles. You're getting a premature contraction. It's not a true beat. You're not getting good cardiac output in that moment. You're not going to feel a pulse when you're palpating. You're going to get a skip and then a stronger beat on the next go. Okay. Use your skills. Double check yourself. Okay. All right. That is all I have for you today. Another short one. I hope that was helpful. Let me know if it was. Um, Reach out to me on Instagram at allthingscardiopalm. Reach out to me on Gmail at allthingscardiopalm at gmail.com. Or shoot me a text at 913-308-4494. If you have questions, if you have complicated cases, you want to work with me, hey, I do that. I love one-on-one mentoring. Check out my website, sign up, and I would be happy to work with you. All right, I hope you all have a wonderful day. And whatever you have to do, get after it.